What's up, listeners? Hi there, it's Lizzie. How are ya? I'm doing great. I've recorded this intro several times. It sucked every time. So we're going to do it improvised. Um, we are bringing you, in this very special episode of Talking About the D, the highlights from our 2020 episodes. It doesn't include every episode, but it does include the highlights from Daniel Martinez, Alex Dudley, Patrick Pittis, Rob Smith, Amanda Pearson, jo- Karen Joseph Adcock, and of course... Emily and, um, I almost said Elizabeth, Emily and Lizzie, your hosts, we talk about the parent trap. We talk about Hocus Pocus and how horny the script is and all the virgin shaming with the 15-year-olds. We talk about High School Musical, the costumes, need I say more. We talk about Can of Worms and Smart House and the uh, moral panic about the internet and if it was going to take over our lives and if it was going to make the house into a robot and if it was going to invite aliens down from the skies, all of that stuff. That was was so popular in 1999 we cover it here you are not missing out on anything i have combed through these episodes i have written down every funny thing that was said by any single person and they are all here together the audio levels they do vary you may have to adjust your volume but that is just stuff that we're going to work out in 2021 we're going to get this down to a fine art as we are refining it currently. I hope you guys have a phenomenal new year. I hope you have a phenomenal 2021. If you are listening to this, know that I value you and I love you. And I would love to know if you are listening to this. So please send us a shout out. Um, It's been fantastic to have you. I love doing this. I love doing the social media. I love getting to talk to my friends and to Emily every single month and to watch these movies that are ridiculous. So thank you so much for everything you've done uh, for us, and we will continue to serve you diligently into 2021. Have a great evening, a great day, whatever, and I'll see you on the other side. Let's talk about the decoms. Let's talk about the D. Let's talk about the decoms. We're talking about Hi, welcome to Talk About the D, the GCOM podcast where we watch all GCOMs and see what they're about, or in my case, watch them for the first time and see if they're any good. I'm Emily Keene, and as always, I have my co-host Lizzie Gurman here. Hi, Lizzie. What is up? It's Christmas again. Woohoo! Double Ooh. Christmas this year. Yeah! So, so fun, so fun. <laughs> um... We have very special guest, returning guest, Daniel Martinez here. Yay, Christmas! <laughs> and this is an extra special episode because we are re-recording our famous forgotten episode <laughs> of Ultimate Christmas Present. There's some old guy inside. He's building something. That's nice. Let's go. What are you giving me if I ding-dong ditch? Nothing. Oh, come on. If I ring the doorbell, then you do my English paper. But if I get scared and chicken out, I do yours. Mine's almost finished. Besides, he could catch us. No, he won't. Anyway, we can outrun an old man. Except for the dad. I don't know who plays the dad. Um, yeah, he's barely he's a, in it. He's very <laughs> generic white 90s dad yeah um which means i am about him (laughs) (laughs) very much like can we get more of him please yes yes 
Shame so for Daniel him would like a spinoff that is right. a yeah. gay romantic comedy with the dad. Like, please. <laughs> also, like, why is he? Is he really traveling for business to San Ooh. Francisco? <laughs> what yeah. is happening there? Right oh before Christmas, is, it, is mm. he going to Palo Alto or is he going mm. to the Castro District? Like, who knows? Right. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what. It does involve a bone somehow. <laughs> Wink, wink. Give, give this dog a bone. <laughs> this, this is why we had to have you back. Totally. Yes. No one. I take it can. exactly where you the movie never intended to go, and I just take it right there. And you take it. <laughs> We're twenty six minutes in. And it's it's out of it's out of their hands. Honestly, once they release yeah. the movie, we can interpret it however we like. True. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we say this gay dad fucks. <laughs> <laughs> The movie we're doing today is, of course, The Parent Trap. I know, I know. The, this huge Lindsay Lohan. The 1998 remake. Nice catch. Thanks. Accidentally made Hallie fall into the tr- water trough, and then right, and she says, then, "Let me help you up." And then and Hallie, Hallie pulls her, her in. in. Yeah, yeah. And then she retaliates by absolutely destroying their cabin <laughs> and everyone in the cabin. Which I mean, I well, I did bump on that because I was like, none of them woke up during all of this. Like, yeah, of course. Well, well, first, yeah, they steal her clothes while she's skinny. Like they force That's her right. to skinny dip into her, which is terrible. Yeah. And then which she retaliates so by putting the bunks on top of the cabin, which honestly, if anything, sucks for whatever maintenance staff is there. <laughs> yeah, true. Not like you know that. Hallie didn't have to get her own bed down. I mean, honestly, it was very impressive. I'm like, how did yeah. you even do that? So yeah, I think it? that Annie actually paid the maintenance people to do that. I don't think there's any oh, yeah. version to- of events totally where, see that. Yeah, where that makes sense. three 11-year-old girls got all of that stuff up there. So the maintenance, yourself. that means clearly that the main staff was fine with it because they're like, well, we're going to be the ones taking it down, so worth it. Right. Yeah. And they got <laughs> compensated for their time. And yeah. that's what's important. And, and you know, Annie you has go. the financial ability to do that. So it's yeah. just probably, every probably time wrote Annie, him a check. <laughs> yeah. Every time Annie pokes Hallie, Hallie shoots her in the face. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yes. You're right. Yeah. I mean, the taking the clothes is just so mean. Yes. Um, that was, yeah. I remember that very vividly that she has to be naked and that they take yeah. her clothes. It's, I was I, also like, though, the way that they do it is that she's naked and she walks down the entire like pier naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, that's weird. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you, if that, if I had been dared to do that and I had to do it, I would go to the end of the pier, then mm-hmm. take my clothes off and immediately jump in so that yeah. I had as, as little time as possible where people could look at me naked. Oh but, yes. Yeah. Oh yes. I remember, I think because we were so young, we remember all the like very, specific ways that we would have felt if that had been us Mm -hmm. so we're like yeah I never would have the other thing that she does and this is very small but the other thing she does is turn fully around yeah to to salute and I was like oh I would never do that because at least my butt like at least they're only looking at my butt I would never there's so much more on the front to show (laughs) than there is on the back (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) 
Try this. Now throw the veil straight back. That's it. Now spin around. I want to see the back of the dress. That's beautiful. Did you get that? Just how it falls just down there. Don't worry about the bouquet. You're married now. You've got to learn to juggle. Uh, right. one, of my one of my favorite moments was that I had forgotten about, but promptly was like, oh yeah, that is a thing. When it happens is when they go to um, Elizabeth's, Liz's shop and she mm -hmm. asks Hallie as Annie to choose between the black and the white hat. <laughs> Chooses the white one. And Amanda, I have to give credit to Amanda because she's the one who said, can you imagine if she had chosen the black one? What a <laughs> mistake that would it be? And I'm like, what if that was how Natasha Richardson was like, okay, you're not... Anna. Anna <laughs> yes, I think that would have been very funny. Um, yes, I had the same thought. I was like, "Oh, the the white one." <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's obviously. Just, obviously, the white one is the right one. Yeah, uh, for sure. What, Pat, what were you on for before? I came for Johnny Tsunami. Of That's course. Right. Yeah. Yes. Classic. Still holds up. Yep. Yep. Much like Smart House. Much like Smart House. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, the thing with DCOMs is they either like really hold up or they really don't. Yeah. That does seem to be the way. Ben, say something to Pat. Um, hey, Pat, how's it going? Fruit and fiber intake in the acceptable range, protein adequate, exhibits tendency to ingest excessive amounts of refined sugar. I told you to go easy on the sugar bursties. Hey, uh, how'd she know all that? Her atmospheric kitchen sensors act as instant breathalyzers and break down your entire diet. Care to give it a shot? No, thanks. I get enough grief from my doctor. I do have to say that when she says, like, it's obviously, it's very heartbreaking when she discovers like when she has the self-realization that she passes her hand through oh, Ben's totally. face and she didn't she's feel that at all, did yeah you? oh my god Katie's I mean it's Katie Seagal on her so, own yeah, that I did was write so down sad. Katie Seagal deserved an Emmy <laughs> <laughs> I had Katie Seagal as the MVP <laughs> she is she absolutely is it's, and she says I'll miss you all very much it's so so sad, sad. Mm -hmm. and it's um, all Ben's fault like he Fucking Ben, he yeah. He took her, like, constraints away yeah. so that she was even capable of having an existential crisis. Yeah. Sure. Which, by the way, like, they don't delve into it that much, but Ben is not as smart as Sarah, clearly. No. Right. So, like, I don't know why they even let him have access to that. Like, <laughs> like, he kind of stumbles upon it by accident. Yeah. But you'd think, like, Sarah would have told Nick, like, hey, this room is there. <laughs> don't let your kids in this room. <laughs> like, maybe You would keep think it that there would be, like, a password on or the system. Or Pat was protecting it somehow. Yeah. yeah. He, does, he has to, he has that, the, the quietest power drill it does you know what they could have they could have sold that a little bit more by like he's on the computer like have ben be into computers give it give yeah. it like one percent of possibility yeah do computers right. Just computers like, and when i was like looking online it's like computer whiz blah 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 ben <laughs> cooper and when i was like watching i was like he's not like he does a word document at the beginning it has <laughs> some graphic art in it which is yeah. i mean impressive for a kid at that age at the time i guess i guess he right. thought he was a computer whiz some just from that yeah and it he, would be like oh you converted this into a pdf my god your computer you're whiz. so smart yeah. at the time <laughs> he did yeah. the online like, contests and stuff but right. that didn't really seem to indicate that he was good at coding yo no i mean I it's a completely separate jesus yeah, it doesn't make, I mean, that, but, and then, oh, I, I meant to say, my favorite line of the movie is, he's like, you know, you're on the computer a lot, 
I don't remember what it is, but he's like, what if someone needs to make a phone call? And I was like, that's right. Well, yes. came rushing so back. Yes. How you could. I wrote, I wrote that down. Yeah. The, Di- the dial- quote was. Major plot point, too, because yes. he misses the call. He misses the call. How's yes. anyone meant to call us if you're always tying up the line? Yes. You couldn't You couldn't use the phone. I remember. The flashbacks. Yeah. I remember when I was so excited when there was like an app for the internet that came out that would let you know when a phone call was coming in when you were online. Really? Yeah. Oh. We okay. got, so like. If I was on the internet, it would pop up and be like, somebody's trying to call you. And I'd be like, ah, I can log off and call them back. <laughs> so this week we are doing, returning to the DCOMs, mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. doing Can of Worms, which was a particular request by Rob. Rob, why, why did you request this one? Uh, well, after I watched it again, I was, I was asking myself that. Um. <laughs> For Mike Pillsbury, life on planet Earth has never been easy. You idiot, you're running the wrong way! So he sent a call for help into outer space. Fellow citizens of the galaxy, I do not belong on this planet. Come and get me! Little did he know who'd show up. I am Barnabas from the star system Puppies. Oh boy. And you bring up another huge, I guess, plot point. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's characters is that and this is kind of like part of where we like really open on Mike uh, mm-hmm. uh, the chronology of the story really starts he's telling a story that he wrote to his friend Nick's little brother Jay in their treehouse and he's got like graphics and everything it's this put together thing and apparently Mike is famous for his stories <laughs> Yes. But, yeah. Yes. Like, oh, Mike, tell me one of your famous stories. I hear so much <laughs> stories. Oh, you got to hear one of Mike's stories. <laughs> but Makes his whole no thing sense. is that he's a computer nerd, not like a writer or an artist. Yep. It's like they had to put them both. Yeah. I I wonder if if the if like the story thing is from the book, the computer nerd thing is from a version a, a version of of one of the drafts of the. Mm-hmm screenplay and then at the end they were like oh we gotta do both because <laughs> yeah. we, we, we gotta make it both work um yeah, i mean like football football see... uniforms. make him play football too yeah exactly and then yeah, there was a different draft oh where God. he played football <laughs> and they're yeah. all together so does mike like does mike learn anything mike learns mike learns that the football team is where he belongs because what he's been missing is belonging right I just can't, that feels so slapshot. Like, is that the word I want? Just like, just completely like, uh, we have to have a moral, right? For the last, the last scene. I mean, I guess what he learns is like, I belong on Earth, but it's still unclear whether he's actually an alien or whether he is a human. Did I miss the, did I miss, because I was on Twitter, I'm going to admit it. Did I miss (laughs) part where it's explained how he has described that alien race perfectly uh i i had a an opinion about this and i have a feeling i have not read this book i've never seen it it's just seen the book at all anywhere sure i don't think it exists anymore i think it's out of print yeah okay not surprise me um yeah it's probably explained more than that i think that the um the alien that he sees that he first frees with the uh, that weird like crystal that he holds in his hand, 
Um, Mm -hmm. It seemed like that alien was telepathic because he sort of, like, gazes longingly into the alien's eyes, and then he's, like, (laughs) how to get him out. So Uh... I kind of like projected into his mind okay this is this is how you move the crystal to get me out so i think uh-huh. species being telepathic somehow was like reaching into his brain and that's why you think yeah see them i'm and sorry he kind of created them yeah i don't know if that's uh, a stretch or do, no, do, that do you think possible i think that's the only thing that makes sense I don't. Th- I think the yeah. opposite of a stretch. I think. I think you've probably <laughs> exactly got it. I wonder if they cut some information at some point that may have contributed. I, mean, I wonder if it's only early... eighty-five minutes, so probably. Yeah, that's brisk. Um, I think. Um, I think there may be a world where either they cut something out of this or at some um, pre- previous draft. Because all I can tell from the Wikipedia is that they went through many drafts. There are at least several drafts of this movie they went through um, many drafts and they landed on this they land this is where they got <laughs> because sometimes sometimes working on it more makes it worse <laughs> we have daniel here to talk about uh high school musical mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. decom that i have seen before <laughs> <laughs> so Damn. thrilled to have daniel for this um, I think that he's the right guest. Oh yeah, <laughs> he brings the right energy and the right mindset. And we needed a fellow theater kid to fully yes. understand what's happening Absolutely. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to believe that I couldn't see you were always there beside me. Thought I was alone with no one to hold, but you were always right beside me. <laughs> I did not notice his shoes. I have. Um, I'm, a, I'm I, a big one for noticing shoes. They say a so, lot about a person. Okay, <laughs> here's the deal, though. I did notice that they put Vanessa Hudgens in the same pair of weird Mary Jane kitten heel shoes that were black for yes. every outfit she was mm-hmm. in. Every I single noticed that one. too. Okay, good. They are distressing, in yeah. my there opinion. Was, there was also just a lot of bootcut jeans in this movie. Oh, oh, yeah. So I mean, to the, and if you which was strange to fashion, me. I can get into <laughs> the fashion if you would like. I'm ready to do the, that. The bootcut jeans were strange to me because my memory of 2006 was that skinny jeans were the number one everything always at that time. That like, could have been true for Australia. That was not true here yet. We were interesting. Two, we were okay. two years away. We were mm-hmm. two-ish years away from those from transitioning into. I remember the Audrey Hepburn Gap commercial that introduced the skinny jeans. This was all. Everything in this was like absolutely like uh i could i'll go down the list big belts that didn't go through the loop skinny, oh, God. sparkly um um yeah scarf. that was um vanessa hudgens wears this belt at one point that looks mm-hmm. like a piece of like leather or suede or something that's mm-hmm. just sort of attached with like a little tie and it had yep. like butterflies and shit on it and mm-hmm. i'm like that belt isn't doing anything like it's that's not, not holding belt. anything up it's like, not a belt it's a it's a scarf for your waist it's a, it's it's a, a scarf for your waist uh, 
I mean, the, the clothes that they put her in particularly, I was like, what, would this girl really be wearing this stuff? Like, the nerdy she was, girl? She was yes. so fashionable for, like, for me. She was really mm-hmm. fashionable. It was like, oh, she's very modest and very wholesome, but very fashionable without being, like, a yes. Sharpay. Yeah. wearing, I like, agree. And it, had, it definitely, like, made me not really believe that she was like this nerdy outcast kind of girl. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally. She also yeah. had perfect hair. Like, yes, of course. Every, Everyone's every single got time. Lips. Everyone's, she... even the nerdy, even Kelsey, who's supposed to be like the nerdiest girl, like the most undesirable yeah, like, still... person in the movie. <laughs> she looks amazing. Like... Still, yes, absolutely. But yeah, like, uh, Gabriella's hair was just like perfectly curled Oh, like, yeah. so lush. I'm just like, okay, no, that's not. This girl wears a ponytail every day. Like, <laughs> listen, well, I'm ready to tell about a need that I cannot deny. Dear, there's no explanation for this awesome sensation, but I'm ready to let it fly. Speak your mind and you'll be heard. All right, if Troy wants to be a singer, then I'm coming clean. I play the cello. Awesome. Yeah. What is it? A song? No, dude, it's like a giant violin. Not another word. You have to wear a costume, cut and tie. The songs that Troy and Gabriella sing are just so generic that it's like they're both catchy but also immediately forgettable. Yeah. Whereas the songs that stick are like, we're all of this together, obviously, we'll never get out of your head. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the status quo song. I do like the status quo song. Um, That song is bonkers. Uh, So we basically (laughs) identify, I love the sentiment of it. The sentiment of it is very Yeah, the sentiment is very nice. Like in, in, in high school, you have to, there's a lot of pressure, or in school, in life, there's a lot of pressure to stick to what people are comfortable with. What mm-hmm. they identify as being <laughs> <laughs> is like, and and the vehement way that their friend groups try to suppress their passion. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. It's really like that hilarious. the the basketball guy who just wants to bake and yes. everyone is like, No, that's weird. And I'm like, that is absolutely not how that would have gone down. They all yeah. would have been like, Zeke, please keep bringing us cookies. Like, <laughs> like yes. They don't oh say it's weird. They literally yell. They're like, "Not another word!" Like, please. Oh, yeah. and the, the, this is horrendous. Yeah, the, skate, the skateboarder who who plays cello. Yes. First yes. of all, the fact that the other skateboarders don't know what a cello is, and I'm like, okay, come on, like <laughs> <laughs> a saw. Um, it's a saw. That's a really good one too. He plays. Um, he minds the the um, cello, and he says, "Dude, it's a saw," or whatever. He's like, "No, right. it's a big violin." But then. Then when he's also like, when I perform, no, I wear, what is it? It's like coat and tie. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's not accurate. Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to I, do that. No, like, but yeah, but that's, it's, also, it's, that's the thing. When he says coat and tie, they're like, oh, get out of here. We would yeah, never. They're like, I can't, I can't hear another word. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't wear those. We're skateboarders. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, sto- exactly. Flash owner slash like miscellaneous kind of group of right. outcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have returning guests, Karen Joseph Adcock and Amanda Pearson. 
Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we're so tentative. Overwhelming. They, they made yeah. us sit in separate rooms. Like we're in <laughs> My out. heart said start off saying top of the morning to you, but I was like, <laughs> why? Why, Karen? And then it was time and I don't know. Anyway, we are uh, doing a special October Halloween one, so naturally we're doing Hocus Pocus. Bobble, bobble, I'm in trouble. Tell me, friend, what is this contraption? I call it a bus. A bus? A bus? <laughs> and its purpose? To convey gorgeous creatures such as yourselves to your most forbidden desires. Well, then, sir, we desire children. <laughs> hey, it may take me a couple of tries, but I don't think that'd be a problem. I'm falling up. I've seen this movie many times, and, like, I, w I watch it most years around this time, but it was especially, like, s like, Everything was about sex, and I really noticed that <laughs> yes. this time. Like, Everyone is so horny in this town. So for my like, everyone's like a virgin. <laughs> like the number of times that they mention that he is a virgin and make sister. and make jokes about it. Like they shame that child, that child, so many times <laughs> for being a virgin. <laughs> and this is a Disney movie. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty wild. Like, it was funny too because I was thinking about as I was starting, I was like, oh yeah, this movie's about like two, like, um, two. It's about like three, these three women, right? But then it's like, all right, man director, all right, man, men story by, men writers, that's fine. And it's like the like overarching through line throughout the thing is like this virgin. <laughs> like, even like the last beat of the movie is like Thackeray making fun of um, Max yeah. for being a virgin and lighting the candle. And it's like, come on, guys. You needed him in order to like break the curse. Yeah. You would sell like me a cat, you bastard. <laughs> So, let's have a butt. Uh, no thanks, I don't smoke. They're very health conscious in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> you got any cash? Hollywood? No. Gee, we don't get any smokes from you. We don't get any cash. What am I supposed to do with my afternoon? Maybe you could learn to breathe through your nose. Speaking of the bullies, um, oh, I loved them. Has has <laughs> they were more actually... California in than <laughs> they <Matt>. were? <laughs> but has anyone had the experience or know anyone who has experienced a bully stealing their shoes? Because this is something that I'm only aware of through movies. <laughs> Never as like overtly as stuff like that. But I've had like you know, like, light bullying, where someone's like, oh, I love that. Do you mind if I borrow it? And then never gave it back. Was I the only one who was bullied in the <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel like there was a big kind of wave of, like, borrowing and, like, lending. That was a big deal in middle school. I but no one actually stole your stuff, no, like, not like, flat out threatened to hurt you unless you gave them your shoes. I feel like it's different for girls. I hate to be like, oh, the sexist bullshit. But, like, it is different for, like, a guy to, like, push a girl down and be like, give me your shoes, bro. But I don't feel like I recall ever <laughs> seeing any, any of the guys or, like, my brother or my brother's friends ever 
having their shoes taken, but I've seen several movies where bullies uh, steal like, shoes. I, since you're saying it, like, like I feel like I want to be really combative and be like, no, of course, that one time, that was a movie. It's always <laughs> been a movie. Well, the, the other thing is, there is no chance that this boy who hasn't had his growth spurt yet has the same shoe size as this yeah. giant guy. Like That's very true. This, like, grown man. Um, yeah, like this a- adult, this adult man, like, that kid has like size seven shoes, and the and the bully has like size twelve. Like, come on. <laughs> I will say when they appear, I wrote down Rosencrantz and Guildenstern type bullies because they like appear and they like pose a question to him. They're like, they're like, Mark. <laughs> I see you two are going through emotional turmoil. Let me make this work. <laughs> and come back one. periodically at thematical points throughout the evening. I like, okay. led us to the boys, which is like, of course, you have to bike through the cemetery to get home. Like, mm-hmm. you would never respect the dead. Yeah, that that was confusing as well. Like, why? Why is this the path you're taking? <laughs> so strange. Because this guy fucks. Dmx bike ride. <laughs> I mean, that kind of feels like another thing in movies that people, like, in a scary movie or something, or anything kind of, you know, Halloween-themed, that people are going through cemeteries like that. And I'm just like, aren't most cemeteries, like, they have gates, and <laughs> you're, not, you're not really just able to kind of meander through on your daily walk, like, they're... It depends. I grew up in, like, <laughs> rural North Carolina where there were graves everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I, mean, I stand yeah. corrected. <laughs> I like the styling of the bullies too. Was like one of them was very punk rock, and the other one was very hip hop. <laughs> so it just really felt like an older man, like in his thirties or forties, wrote this script and was like, and then you know some punks show up, like uh, maybe a hip hop kind or a rock kind. It doesn't matter. It's like it's such, a 90, it's such a nineties response to like bullies. <laughs> Anderson sisters were hanged by the Salem town folk. Now there are those who say that on Halloween night a black cat still guards the old Sanderson house, warning off any who might make the witches come back to life. We seem to have a skeptic in our midst. Mr. Dennison, would you care to share your California laid-back tie-dye point of view? I hope I don't steal it. Um, no, go so for it. when Allison... So Max is like, oh, Halloween, you guys are so stupid with your witches, and I hate I hate Salem and everything. And um, Allison's like, um, I'll have you know that All Hallows Eve is actually an ancient holiday. And that's what Halloween is founded on. And then the whole class goes nuts. They're like, yeah! <laughs> yes! Yes, she's high fiving. She's giving out high fives. And then uh, it's, I was just, compl- I just, I've never seen anything like that in a movie. <laughs> And then from that, he hits on her. Yes. <laughs> yes, and then after, and she's like, she's like it into it. It is a bold it. move. <laughs> yeah. Let's Seriously, you have an amazing voice. You're a singer, right? Just church choir is all. I tried to solo and nearly fainted. Really? 
Why is that? Well, I took one look at all the people staring at me, and next thing I knew, I was staring at the ceiling. End of solo career. Well, with the way you sang tonight, that's pretty hard to believe. Well, that was the first time I've done something like that. I mean, it was so cool. I know, completely. Well, you sounded like you've done a lot of singing, too. Yeah, sure. My shower head is very impressive. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I mean, not your mom. <laughs> My mom. And dad. Uh, I'll call you. I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. Here. Put your number in. Uh, here. You too. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> well, just so you know, um, singing with you was the most fun I've had on this entire vacation. So, um, where do you live? Living in my own world Didn't understand That anything can happen 